right, and we're back with the Pop Culture Cosmos. Thank you so much for joining us on day four of E3 2021. It's now officially in the books, E3 2021 for the year. So we thank you for joining us so much for all of our coverage on Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. We truly appreciate it. But we're going to wrap up things in a nice, tidy little bow right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. And I've got some great guests, hopefully even more, are going to be joining us as we go ahead and talk about E3 itself. But the big news today was Nintendo. Was it everything that everybody wanted? I don't think we heard everything that Nintendo has to offer, including some other rumored things that they've long since thought about. That's for sure when it comes to a new console. So right now we'll be talking about Nintendo and everything else, E3, and got some great guests coming in. First off, he is the man behind the W2M network. It is Sean Garmer. Sean, great to have you part of the program today. Uh, Thank you for having me, man. Absolutely. And also as well here from Ponds Press, Chase Pond. Chase, thank you so much for joining us as well. Of course. And of course, you know this guy, he's on almost every week with us right here. You got to go ahead and catch what he does each and every month on Hunnicween, on Podbean, and wherever you get your podcasts. Of course, my good friend, Mr. Noah and Fine. Noah, you were already showing off your previous Game & Watch. Funny thing is, I think we'll be talking about a Game & Watch in the not-too-distant future as well. Oh, definitely. And more, hopefully. Absolutely. So I'm adding Sean Shamrock to the program as well. Good to have you here, Sean. Hello. Sorry, can everyone hear me? Yes, we can hear you fine. Can you hear us? Yes, just making sure everything was all right. Yes, absolutely. Great to have you here. Hopefully we'll be getting one more edition as well, but we'll see where he's he's at. But guys, it was today the big marquee was Nintendo, obviously on the big stage today for its presentation. And I know the big news, obviously, out of that, of all the news that they spread, was, of course, a much widely expected Zelda Breath of the Wild 2. Sean, I'm going to hear your thoughts. They did show a little bit of footage. It is coming out next year, which I think kind of uh, disappointed some people out there that they were hoping for a 2021 release. But I want to hear your thoughts right now on Zelda and is this something that you were really clamoring for? I knew this Breath of the Wild sequel was something that was going to be happening, something that was going to be announced. But are you truly excited for a Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild sequel? Yeah, I mean, it's one of the big games that uh, everybody's excited for at this point. Like, personally, me, I didn't connect very much with the first Breath of the Wild. But, I mean, Zelda is one of their classic franchises. And everybody, I mean, this was like the revolutionary game when it came out for the Switch. So, getting that sequel and now getting to experience what they're going to do next with that, I think has everybody wanting to know more. And the fact that they showed something, I think means a lot. I think you expect the 2022 with COVID and everything else that's been going on. It it was going to surprise everybody in the world. I think if they said 2021, 2022, even later possibly, because this looks to be tied with the switch pro. Absolutely. Uh, At which they are delayed in letting us really know more about, something that's been long since rumored. And I think everybody, it's like, it's like that worst kept secret that's mm-hmm. out there. Uh, I mean, everybody knows it's there. It's being developed. It's pretty much ready. It's almost ready to get right. Be re- introduced to audiences, but we thought it was going to be talked about today, but they decided to go ahead and wait on that. So we'll see what happens, but I agree with you. I think they're holding off on that until they can really get, I guess, everything going with the switch pro, but chase, I want to hear your thoughts. I mean, is this what you're looking for as a Nintendo consumer? Uh, not really. Uh, but 
No, I'll I'll say this. Actually, the highlight for me on uh, that whole uh, uh, direct, it was actually Metroid Dread, which was oh yeah, game, and, and that's yeah. and that that will, that we'll talk about in here in a couple yeah. seconds because that's that's a I know a lot of people are really excited about the Metroid, but the Legend of Zelda that really does nothing for you. I mean, it's obviously one of the marquee franchises for the Nintendo brand and the Nintendo Switch. Uh, and this is going to be something I think that's going to move, you know, a, a system seller for say for those that are looking to go ahead and purchase either Nintendo Switch then or maybe a Nintendo Switch Pro as well. No, definitely it will. I mean, it will sell like hotcakes whenever it comes out. And I guess I just haven't really played enough of Breath of the Wild one, so that's why. And not only that, but it was also. Very brief footage. Like it showed a little bit of gameplay, but as far as what exactly is to expect, there's minimal details. Yeah. And regarding its release date, I feel like it's far into 2022. Like this is going to be something to end 2022 uh, at least. Like I, I feel like this is something Nintendo's going to like conclude the next year with. Or if they need more time, then delay it into 2023. But just for some reason, I don't feel like we're going to get Breath of the Wild that soon. Even though we have, I mean, it's it's been a while, but I, I still feel like this is a big game that they're going to put in as, as much time as they want. But uh, yeah, regarding with the whole Zelda thing, uh, with that and, and the Game & Watch, I was just... Like, I, I didn't, uh, you know, turn my nose, like, I didn't uh, uh, look down at it, but I just felt like, uh, all right, it, it was a thing. I, that's why I bring up uh, Metroid, because I still had that game in my head. I was like, you know, I, I like that, but I want to go back to uh, some other things that you announced before. But, I, I mean, for those who are, like, super hyped for it, that's great. Like, I don't want to take anything away from you if you are excited for it. Absolutely. I mean, a lot of people are excited for it. Noah, tell me your thoughts. And I agree with Chase, and I'm, I'm sure Sean does as well. This is going to be a holiday 2022 release. They gave you like a window, but they didn't tell you exactly when. But I'm assuming that they're going to say this for a time where they can prosper on it the most. And I'm assuming it's going to be right around holiday 2022 and become a major part of that holiday season. Here's the thing. I was never a huge fan of 3D Zelda. Uh, for me, it really stopped at a link to the past. I don't mind the sequels with the stories. I do mind where it's no longer that overhead 2D aspect. And it always seems to go back to you have to complete a quest to get the Master Sword and blah, blah, blah. Breath of the Wild was interesting because it gave you an opportunity. If you wanted to go to Ganon right away, you could. You could go anywhere, do anything in Breath of the Wild. And I guess it really revolutionized crafting and now every RPG is doing crafting, and that's okay as well. And the fact that Link is in his underwear and he has to craft his weapons and his uniforms and his food. But you have to have a lot of patience and time to really – even even to get your hands – the biggest thing about Breath of the Wild and with any Zelda game, what is new to be brought to the table? And with Breath of the Wild, for me – the most iconic thing was taming Ganon's horse. That was a big deal, I thought. So that was interesting, but 
were people clamoring for a sequel? I understand this is open world and everything, but people were trying to go back to Link to the Past because there were these rumors that they were going to make a 3D version like Majora's Mask or Ocarina of Time for a Link to the Past. It never happened. I know that we've talked about the Game & Watches, and I'm kind of curious about whether the Game & Watches are going to come next. Mm-hmm. But I, I, for me, again, I'm always going to go back to, in this order, my favorites were Link of the Past, the original Zelda, and Zelda 2, as frustrating as that game was. I really didn't play too much of the Game Boy versions too much, but I do feel that this system what they're trying to do for Zelda. They could have done a little more. I'm just not that intrigued. It, it, you really have to have a lot of time on your hands. Oh, that you to, do. Yeah, that so do. really, that that, that's the problem. You only have to have a lot of time in your hands yeah. to play Breath of the Wild in its sequel. So for me, it's going to be a hard pass. Well, we'll see what happens, though. A lot of people you know, were clamoring for this. Sean, your thoughts on Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild 2? Um, yes. Are you talking, I'm sorry, you're me or the other Sean? Because there's two of us, so it's... Do you want to talk about the latest Breath of the Wild that's coming out sometime in 2022? Because I wanted to ask you also as well, and I know Chase and Sean also alluded to this, about the new Metroid 2D game platformer that's also coming out. Uh, but, you know, your thoughts on those aspects and those important key parts of the Nintendo presentation. Overall, I, uh, I'm i not not to say up front that I was actually one of the... I'm a big, of course, Nintendo fan. I usually give them a pass for everything. I'm very biased with a lot of the things when people criticize their presentations. I'm always like, oh, no, it's just, you know... I will firstly say, for me, Nintendo is best when they're willing to take risks and when they're doing willing to do something that's out of the ordinary. Like recently with the Game Builder Garage. Amazing thing that I don't think they're going to put enough effort into. That being said, I, uh, my first worry is that, number one, with Breath of the Wild 2, we're not going to see that in 2022. I don't think it's far enough in development. I think it's going to be one of those situations where they save it to the next console or the upgrade at Switch. So we may not even see that to 2023. Uh, overall, the rest of the show, for me, the highlight was only like Super Monkey Ball, and that is disappointing. It was uh, the show was a little bit of a letdown, and I can kind of get into that a little bit more later. But for yeah. me, overall, it was a very big letdown. And as a big Nintendo fan, that's it was shock not not shocking, but a little disappointing. So you're surprised they didn't announce officially a you know something that we're obviously already know that's well in development a Switch Pro or a new console per se. You were surprised that they didn't announce it on today's presentation. I was not surprised to not see the Switch Pro be announced. I knew they would kind of avoid that. That's a thing that they're going to need a lot more hype to build around. That's going to be its own separate presentation. Uh, the things that I was more or less like disappointed with, it's like uh, we could talk about like the Smash character reveal. You know, that's while that's a great character, they've I feel like they've been ignoring the ones the fans actually want to see. It's like, well, that's kind of left field, but that's not what we were looking for. Like we want Crash Bandicoot. We want Spyro. We want like, you know, these other legendary characters, but I feel those are getting overlooked or Waluigi even, you know what I mean? And so that's another, uh, for me, I I have reached out to other companies for IPs. In fact, that's what they did today. But, you know, like you said, I think they're the people are looking for different characters, uh, more popular characters that they can identify with. Absolutely. A hundred percent. I think that's the, you know, 
because there was rumors years ago that would be like, you know, Master Chief. And you say you say Master Chief five years ago, people would laugh at you. And then now you see some of the other people they're reaching out to and some of the characters they're including. You're like, well, where is Master Chief? Even though, you know, Halo's never been near a Nintendo franchise. Some of these other characters have never even been on a Nintendo platform either. So. Absolutely. So I, I agree with you on that. Some hits and misses with the Nintendo presentation, but also here today is got to go ahead and catch him out there on social media is Hamanish Goel. Hamanish, thank you so much for joining us. We truly appreciate it. All dressed up. Yeah. I feel underdressed. I'm just going to say right now, <laughs> I, I, guys, I'll be back in 10 minutes. I'm going to go put on my suit. No, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But Hamanish, thank you so much for joining us. We truly appreciate you know all of you guys for, for being on today's show. Your thoughts on the two major announcements, I think, I feel, as far as the presentation were concerned, was The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild 2 being announced for, as of now, as, you know, obviously what Sean and everybody else is alluding to, 2022, possibly 2023. And by the day, it seems that that could be the case, especially if, you know, with, with console shortages left and right and whatnot that we're hearing about with all three manufacturers. But that and also the Metro 2D game. I'll, I want to hear from you that if a Metroid 2D game is going to be the holiday gift that all Nintendo fans were searching for. I'm more of like a um, someone who plays on the Xbox with like the uh, sports games from like NHL and NBA. So I have like a better understanding of those. So yeah, and we'll we'll cover that as far as E3 later on. Your your opinions on E3 as a whole because that's obviously there wasn't enough today provided by Nintendo or anyone else to go ahead and give news. But I mean, you're not a Nintendo fan at all. Do you reach out to Nintendo at all for anything for? Uh, I mean, I've, yeah, I mean, I've, I've used Nintendo's and I've seen it grow over the years in terms of like business perspectives and how they've like kind of become like, like on the creative and innovation side. So in terms of from when they started with the DS's and the whole Pokemon phase where you were kind of, having to show, you know, what battles we won and, like, trying to see the types of Pokemon you got and, like, slowly going to, like, the Wii. I know Sean was asking more about the DLC that was coming up for Super Smash Brothers Melee with a character from a different IP. In fact, you know, a lot of people were getting from Tekken. Kazuya Mishima, who is coming as a DLC. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Don't touch that dial. Wait, do, do people still use dials? I know you've been hearing about Manscaped on all those other programs and podcasts. Well, Manscaped and the Hoopheads Podcast Network are working together on something fantastic. And oh my goodness, have we got a deal for you. Manscaped.com has just released their wireless, waterproof, and rechargeable Lawnmower 4.0 which offers their trademark skin-safe replaceable blades that gets you the ultra-close shave exactly where you need it. Head on over to manscaped.com and choose from the huge list of men's grooming and lifestyle products, including the ultra-popular Lawnmower 4.0 Body Groomer, and get 20% off at Manscaped, plus free shipping with the promo code FASTBREAK at manscaped.com. That's right, just type in FASTBREAK all one word at checkout at Manscaped and get ready to start looking good this summer from your friends at Manscaped, the Hoopheads Podcast Network, and the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Again, I didn't seem like to me there was a whole lot that people could just hang their head on for stuff that's coming out this year. And I don't think a Metroid 2D game 
and let's go ahead and get the right the title right correct. Metroid Dread is going to be arriving near the Switch on October 8th. I don't think that's going to be a system seller. I mean, I, the, I know a lot of people have been clamoring for the Metroid franchise for a long time to be revived in some format. This does take it back to the olden days of retro lore. I want to hear your thoughts on if Metroid Dread can actually be a, a, a substantial key component of a holiday season for Nintendo. For one, Metroid Dread is a game that they first started announced in like 2005. So to actually see that game finally come out after so many years, originally it was supposed to be on like the Game Boy Advance. So to see that game finally show up now is, is kind of amazing. Honestly, the thing is, Nintendo will tell you immediately, all these other games, Pokemon, Zelda, Mario, I can't think of the other game, have all had anniversaries. They're all getting acknowledged. Metroid is the only one really that's not getting any kind of service. And it really tells you how they feel about Metroid as a system seller. Metroid is, along with a lot of these other games, it's a great showpiece for the Switch. It will be one of those that people that love the Switch that already have it are going to pick it up. I don't know that it's something that people see it in a store and go, I'm going to buy that. Now, if you're a an old school fan like I am, the Metroidvanias and the platformers of, you know, back in the Super Nintendo Nintendo days, you see that you don't have the Switch yet. Maybe that applies to you. But I think if you're looking at the younger generation, they may not even know what Metroid is at all. Because honestly, they're going to know Samus from Super Smash Brothers. They're not going to know Samus from the game that she's from, yeah. uh, most likely. Yeah, but I mean, that's the thing is they don't really have to hold on to Metroid to be the system seller. They have Pokemon coming in November. They have other things coming. Uh, Mario Party that they showed. WarioWare is a great party game that I'm surprised that they brought back as well. Like They have a lot of things during this season that's going to be able to sell the system itself. I mean, those are some support franchises you were talking about. And Chase, I want to ask you real quickly on this. Thank you, Sean, for those thoughts. And I want to ask you on those support franchises like Mario Party. I mean, I know a lot of people out there, especially here in the Las Vegas area, that are huge into Mario Party. And Mario Party Superstars is going to be coming out right around the end of October, October 29th. And then you also have a month before Another, I don't want to say it's a party game per se, but it's very sim- similar in that there's a lot of micro games that are added to it. It's called Warrior, uh, WarioWare, Get It Together. I want to hear your thoughts on these support franchises. These are not the big names that I think that Nintendo wants to rule out, but these are consistent sellers, consistent fan, just appreciated games. And I know we're going to get to the fun stuff with the Game & Watch here in a little bit, but I want to hear your thoughts on these support games you know, and how they help the overall Nintendo look, because these are games that you're surprised they go under the radar, but they still sell really well. Here's the thing though, because WarioWare, I love, I think the reason why WarioWare works so well is because it's not just a mini game. You are also on a mini timer. So you're playing a mini game and instead of having a minute or two, you're getting maybe 10 to 30 seconds. If you're lucky or sometimes even five to complete the task, and that and, and it gets, uh, you know, it gets faster and faster and faster, so it gets more challenging. Yeah. And I think what's going to work for this one now is that you're going to bring in a second player for get it together for a Mario Party. I think the reason why that works so well is because in the '90s, when board games are going away and more people playing video games, Nintendo decided to make, and they did have a Mario board game for in the late 80s 
but they decided to now bring it to the video game console, and I think it was just a great party game, and you yeah. can get a bunch of people and play it, which still works to this day. But WarioWare, I just have to say again, it's more challenging with those games because you really have to pay attention. It's Mario the, Party Superstars is meant to be more fun for group environment. Right. Well, I, I agree. I agree. But the thing yeah. is that you, you really you, you can't blink and you miss it when it comes to a WarioWare game. Yeah. yeah, well, let me get Chase in here real quick. Your thoughts on either of those? Although I know Noah had that Game & Watch in hand already, but I know the announcement of a Zelda Game & Watch was really cool, and I know a lot of people wanted to talk about that as well. Your turn, Chase. Go ahead, my friend. Well, well I'll say this. Regarding, so regarding like whether or not uh, Metroid Dread is going to be a system seller, I'm going to say yes. And the reason why, because I think yeah, is Metroid as big as, I mean, is Metroid as big as Mario or Zelda? No, that is definitely not the case. But Nintendo's been able to sell systems and sell a lot of copies off of first-party games. And you remember Splatoon, when that even first came out on the Wii U, it, it, it sold really well. I think it's even one of the top-selling uh, Wii U games. So I know Metroid I, for the Wii was a really strong seller. Yeah. So for Metro, even though there hasn't been like a, a, a console Metroid game in years, and, and, and it's not even a, out of nostalgia, just the game looks cool. That, that's why it stood out to me the most out of all it, because as much as I enjoy Nintendo, I do feel like sometimes they do get carried away over nostalgia. That's why with, uh, what are you talking about with Mario Party? Uh, objectively, it's going to sell like, it's going to sell crazy because there's a lot of families that love to play Mario Party and, and you can add online to it. it it's going to do really well. Subjectively, it's not for me because I already have Mario Party 1 through 3 on Nintendo 64. This sell me the same game with better graphics for $60. I'm, you know, I, I, I just don't think I'm going to get it. And that's the same with Game & Watch, is that I can already play Legend of Zelda 1, 2, uh, Link's Awakening, and I, I get it. There, there's the appeal of having a Game & Watch I, for those who really want it, but for me, it's like, I got the well, It games, touches on nostalgia. Know. Yeah. It touches yeah. on that collector vibe. I think that's a, yeah. that's part of the deal as well. Yeah, I, and I feel like that's another. I mean, that's another point going to going to sell towards, and not only that, but having limited stock because that's another thing Nintendo does. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, you know, if, I'm trying to even think of a first party Nintendo game that did not sell well, that didn't sell consoles. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I mean, you could say yeah. something like Splatoon has sold well as a side game but it's not something that's really moved the platform itself i mean obviously they're coming I, out with a splatoon i mean it's debatable it's debatable i don't know if, i mean it depends on exactly how you look at it and another game that's even not a, an official nintendo property but that is coming out with a new game is mario plus rabbits that's something that has really sold well on this version of the nintendo switch sean i want to ask you your thoughts when you heard that, uh, and obviously it was announced earlier this weekend, that Mario plus Rabbits was coming out with a new game in the series, and that's going to be Sparks of Hope, 
What were your thoughts on that? Because if you look at the overall sales numbers, Mario Plus Rabbits has done really, really well. Yeah, well, the, well first of all, I uh, was actually really excited for this game because the first one, and the, excuse me, the name is blanking out of me. I know it's uh, Mario Rabbits Kingdom something. Well, Mario or, Plus Rabbits uh, Sparks of Hope. Well, I can't remember what the first one was called right now. Oh, the first one, the first one. Yeah, the first one, because the first one sold really, really well. Mm-hmm. It's actually, if you look at the top 10, of all time as far as for switch so far that's what it's right in there and that's not an official it's an ubisoft title so actually that's that's what's the most amazing part it's obviously it's a collaboration between nintendo and ubisoft but yeah it's, it's so interesting to see that mix i was looking yeah. that up and uh, i still can't remember the name of the first game yeah, though. The, I kingdom, battle. kingdom battle yeah, yeah. Kingdom, kingdom battle, battle. thank you and and it was kingdom something but yeah that was one i was really excited for because uh, i played it and uh, at first i was a little hesitant because i was like you know this is ubisoft taking on one of nintendo's you know biggest ips and that's not something nintendo does does very lightly because if you look in the past if you look i, I was going to make like a little uh, zelda joke with you know link to the past and talk about the like, zelda games on the phillips how was that the the CDI, CDI, CDI uh, yes, and we see how bad those turned out, and we see why Nintendo is very protective of their IP. So then to see with Ubisoft, who traditionally has some issues with some games where you know the assassin, like the Assassin's Creed series, gets kind of um, you know redundant, and uh, Watch Dogs doesn't live up to the hype, things like that, where it's hit or miss with them. To see them taking on such an iconic IP like Mario, it was questionable. I mean, I'm not going to lie, I had my doubts. Then I played the game, and with it being, you know, a a strategy-type game, that was what actually sold me on it, because it's just, it was so different, and then the rabbits are so delightfully annoying, that it's just like, (laughs) you know, like, they're just, oh my god, like, uh, what was it, Instagram Peach, I can't, uh, Rabbit Peach, you know, she was like the highlight of the game because she was so ridiculous and so over the top, but it just gelled. It worked. So I can see why the game sold well and I can see why it did well. And uh, especially with uh, Illumination working on, um, you know, like a Mario movie, similar. I mean, uh, Illumination also has uh, the Minions movie, which the rabbits are very similar to. So you can kind of see this is all building and where this is all going. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to go very far. And obviously... I think of all the games that were announced, I have the highest hopes outside of, of course, Breath of the Wild 2, which many of us now think might not be until 2023. I have a feeling that this could very well be one of the games to look forward to for Nintendo coming up in the not-too-distant future. But some great things were said at this conference for Nintendo. It wasn't exactly everything everyone had wanted, but then again, that seems to be every E3 conference that you know, that they ever have. But before we head on out, guys, and before we have each and every one of you plug exactly what you want everybody out there to go ahead and catch, Hamanish, I'm going to start for, with you. I want to go ahead and hear your thoughts on the weekend because you said you're all about Xbox, you're all about sports games and things of that nature. One of the things to me that was missing was EA and 2K promoting its sports games. The, the most I heard about the sports games was, you know, uh, 2K getting hacked and uh, sorry, no, I'm sorry, EA getting hacked on, on its uh, FIFA games. And that's that's the most I really heard about the sports games during the course of the, the E3 presentations that were made this weekend. But I want to hear your thoughts on this weekend. Did anything really stand out to you? Just like the sports games in general not getting announced. I did tease the, the covers for the NFL 20. 20- 
2022, just the cover for that and the FIFA one. So, I mean, they gave a couple of, like, spoilers and hinters, but, I mean, just how, like, all the sports games work, it depends on the players that come in, and they kind of accumulate that and try to change it based on the speed and the ability. And so, you know, I, I guess I wasn't so... I was looking forward to it to see what, how would, like, what was some of the features you would add in terms of, like, uh, I know in the recent NHL and um, NBA or even the FIFA games, they had a couple of features where you could, like, dribble the ball past around the players, like, um, in terms of getting quicker to the goal, the destination. So it would have been interesting to see what did they put else into the new system. But, um, yeah, I'm, it, it wasn't too bad. So, yeah. I agree with you, Sean Garmer. You were saying offline that you thought Sony, you'd be surprised if Sony ever comes back to E3. I've actually been to E3 and seen their presentations. I remember one where we went to the Los Angeles Sports Arena and they did this big presentation. Uh, I truly miss those days when Sony was a part of it. And then I, I also like the fact that they, when they had separate presentations, you would go to one side, you go to actually USC Galen Center, you saw Microsoft, and then you'd walk down a few hours later and you go see at the end of the evening, you see what Sony has and everybody in the middle. And it was those days I will miss. And I know that even when everybody comes back uh, or when it does come back live in 2022, it's not going to be the same like that anymore. But Sean Garmer, I want to hear from you. Uh, you know, what were some of the things that stood out to you this weekend at E3? Uh, what stood out to me the most is that the companies that are used to doing digital presentations know how to do digital presentations. Uh, Ubisoft, Xbox, Nintendo, they all nailed it. Uh, Devolver, who does amazing, funny stuff, also nailed it as well. The indies were a big, huge uh, win for this. The companies that don't do these presentations very often it felt like they just brought something because they could, or the ESA asked them to, one of the two. And that's pretty much it. Like, there's sometimes where less is more. If you don't have anything to show, don't show anything, because some of these were just very, very, it felt like, why did I even spend this 30 minutes sitting here? I Capcom, Gearbox, you know, like, this, it was a total, like, if you, if the word filler existed, like, this could have been an email. It didn't need to exist at all. But from what was shown, Xbox absolutely told you what their mission is. For the next two years, Game Pass is our deal. All these games can be in Game Pass. Come and play all this stuff, all these games that are coming. We finally have exclusives, which is the thing. Everybody says Xbox doesn't have games. I think by the time you got done with this, Xbox has games now. Absolutely. Uh, I was kind of disappointed where they placed Halo kind of like right in the middle they should you know in the past they've always showcased it on one end or the other to mm-hmm. really just encompass the importance but as was pointed out to me forza horizon 5 which was a big part of the presentation and has gotten the award for the most anticipated game from e3 that seems to be getting a, a lot of pub and even more so than halo infinite so could we be seeing a change of the guard in the future for xbox We'll wait and see, but you're right. It is all about Xbox Games Pass. It's not necessarily you buying an Xbox Series S or X. It's about you buying the subscription to Xbox Games Pass and you playing it on all these platforms. That's all they want right now. That's seemingly what they're targeting, and I don't blame them a bit that that's 
the changing model for Microsoft. So yes, I, I can say Microsoft, like you, Sean, was probably the key to this entire E3 weekend. Chase? Uh, well, I'll say is that when Jeff Keighley brought out Summer Game Fest, that was what we know today, I felt like E3 was done because uh, what, not just what so- you mentioned Sony and EA dropping out, but even when you look at the presentations that did happen, because you guys are mentioning Capcom, I actually think the lowest bar was things like Koch Media and yeah. Bandai Namico. It just felt like E3 feels like an obligation now than in an event. And where when I was like 12 years old, I dreamed about going to E3. Now I don't even give a credit about it because. Uh, there's DreamHack uh, down here in Dallas. There's all these other different gaming events that have big companies going on. Like E3 is basically all year, yeah. and even some of these people who present who had presentations like Square Enix. Square Enix said, "Yeah, we'll have another presser in the fall." So that just tells you. I mean, you can accept E3, you can love E3, but it's not the granddaddy of gaming as it was back then as far as what i did really enjoy uh i mean i liked some of what nintendo did uh, some of what nintendo's done besides metroid like i you know i'm looking forward to uh warrior wear and uh uh they're porting a a, uh or cruising uh, or one of the cruising games from the arcade so I, i mean there's some fun things there but yeah microsoft definitely stole the show with that game pass because when i just looked at the lineup i was like holy crap for 9.99 a month for all these games game pass and by the way something you don't need an xbox for i am a pc gamer and i can enjoy the heck out of game pass starting with just one dollar a month that only leads the question is like how financially stable is game pass when you only spend like ten dollars a month to get like thousands of dollars of games for free that is something interesting i'm i'm wanting to see if microsoft can even release sale like are these games performing with game pass or, what is the business viability yeah. of games pass yeah very interesting i mean you can, you can only sell so many office programs in order to support xbox games pass so we'll see what happens there you're listening to the pop culture cosmos Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. My last movie that I saw in the theaters was The Last Skywalker. I know, condolences to me. Wow, man. Nice. I I just had talked about that and I completely forgot that I saw that movie. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That doesn't speak great things about it, I suppose. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. But Noah, your thoughts on the weekend, I know, is something, again, that a lot of people were here and there about. Again, there was a lot of hits and a lot of misses, but was there anything that stood out to you this week at E3? You know, nobody seems to be wanting to talk about Evil Dead the game. Because I know that... uh... I'm a huge Bruce Campbell fan, and I did get to. And I'm not going to ask you to give me some sugar. 
I'm just no, no. But I, I've played the original Evil Dead games on Dreamcast and PlayStation 2 and Xbox, and it didn't work. This one seems to be a little bit smoother. And, of course, Bruce is reprising his voice. I've been on his game show. I've been on one of the finalists for his game show. So I'm actually stoked for this, and I know that he was working on a sequel, and I guess we'll talk about that in the distant future. But that's the one that I I like because not only do you get to play as Bruce, I guess it's going to be like that Friday the 13th game, but you it, also it, get to, Is it from the same makers? It's, it looks it, but I believe... It looks it. It, it looks like I don't think so, but you also get to play as the Deadites. Yeah. And you also get to play as the Unseen Force that is the POV that can possess people. That's why, so, I, that's why I said the similarities to Friday the 13th, the game. Right, but I'm not, I'm not too – I just saw the trailer, and that's pretty much it for now. I don't – I know it's going to be on the major consoles. I don't think it's going to be on Switch. It would be amazing if they put it on there. But – I'm glad they still hold on my PlayStation 4. Wayne still he still can't find the five anywhere. Yeah. But I guess we'll wait and see. Other than that though, for Xbox, I have not played it in decades, so I couldn't tell you. I was kind of hoping there was a rumor that they were gonna put Battletoads on Switch and on PlayStation 4 and 5. It didn't happen, and that's a bummer. But other than that, when we go back to Nintendo, the ones I'm really stoked about, Metroid Dread will be interesting because it feels like old school Metroid. Definitely that Zelda game and watch. And the Mario Rapids, I'm intrigued. I was kind of hoping they were going to do an update for uh, the RPG, Legend of Seven Stars. But I guess we'll wait and see that. Was this the best E3? A matter of opinion. It depends on what console is catered to you. So I'll just leave that up to you, the gamer. Very well said. Very well said indeed. Shamrock, any thoughts on the week at E3? Like Chase said as well, it dates back to Jeff Keighley's Twitch gaming event. I think a lot of reveals were there that's kicked off E3, but also set the bar real high. And unfortunately, a lot a lot outside of Microsoft was able to keep up with it. Of course. Uh, two points just to kind of touch on really quick. I know we were talking about just Evil Dead a second ago. The developer for that is Saber Interactive, and Gun Media is behind uh, Friday the 13th. There are some similarities, but uh, Gun has been kind of incapable of doing anything since. So we. It, it had that same feel. Did it not to you? It does. It 100% does. And it's, it's the same uh, kind of game. Yeah. It yeah. is a similar vibe. It's going yeah. to be a great game. I'm, I'm glad Noah brought it up because it's something that I wanted to kind of touch upon because I thought it looked like it was going to be a great game. And uh, to go on Chase's point of, you know, E3 in general, I think is indeed becoming a little bit, I don't want to say irrelevant, but there's so many more avenues now that these gaming companies have to put out news. And you can, the easiest route now is to get your topic trending, shadow drop a trailer and then you're the number one trending topic on Twitter. Everyone's talking about your game. A lot of companies have been relying on that strategy. So it, like E3, E3 is becoming a great showcase for indies. You're seeing a lot of incredible indie games. And that is where I think that gives you know the smaller developers a much scale that they're probably not used to and the exposure they're not used to getting because you can't shadow drop an indie game and expect it to, uh, by an unknown publisher and expect it to blow up on on you know the social media it's just not going to happen absolutely so i think going forward yeah we might start seeing that shift where e3 becomes for a smaller scale event for smaller companies and 
throughout the year, we're just going to see Sony's going to keep dropping things. Nintendo's going to keep doing their directs and shadow dropping random trailers. I think that's where we're going with. I think E3 this weekend wasn't particularly the greatest. It was kind of underwhelming for a lot of people. And I think that's part of the reason is we're going to, we're seeing a shift go as we've. I think it's going to be really interesting next year when everybody can go back to that convention center again. How many people actually go back? That's going to be very interesting to see. Uh, Not only just individuals, not only just fans, not only just media, but obviously the most important thing is who will have booths there? How many booths Mm -hmm. will there be? I mean, I've gone there in the past years and you talked about Shamrock, the, you know, the independent games and the indie games seem to be out in the forefront as part of the PC gaming show and also the indie showcase, which I really, truly appreciated. And in the past, yeah, the E3 2021 or excuse me, E3s before in the past, you would go there and they would just have something on the side. As you go into there, just on the side, tucked away, and there's the indie showcase. That's what we're going to do for the indie makers. Just tuck something on the side, and there you go. It may be about 10, 20 different representations of games, and then that would be it for the entire indie. And you and I both know that indies, you know, there's there's hundreds of indie developers out there that need this type of platform, and this was a great way to do it. So, yes, while the big guys, so to speak, quote-unquote, did not have the time in the sun that they chose not to do. It, it saved a lot of room for some smaller games that hopefully will catch an eye for people out there, you know, hopefully this fall and in the coming months and the coming years to go ahead and play some of those independent games. Cause some of those games really truly are the best games out there in the marketplace. If people give them a chance. That's why you have games like untitled goose game winning, like the dice dice award, one of the prestigious yeah. gaming awards game of the year. Out of nowhere, it seems so left field, but you know, indies are going to start taking over, and it's uh, yeah. I'm I'm here for it. So, absolutely, you don't need to always now be attached to a major publisher in order for your game to get over. You can go ahead and now, if with the right, you know, like you said, the right backing, the right look at Hades last year. Yeah, exactly. With the buzz on social media, that's all it takes, and and for you to go ahead and be self-sufficient, self-supporting, and create a platform for your own vehicle and your own game out there as an independent publisher. So we'll see what happens. A lot of good things were here at E3. But before we head on out, it's time for you guys to plug to our audience out there that's going to be downloading this on podcasts and also listening to a portion of this on our radio show that we're going to drop on this Friday and to everyone out there as far as our 50 radio stations worldwide. Hamanish, I'm going to start with you. Appreciate it. Is there anything that you want them to check out? Social media? Do you got some shows lined up? Appearances? Anything you want people to check out as far as for what they need to go ahead and check out in your world? This might not be gaming related, but I have like a LinkedIn profile that they can check out. And I do photography on the side on my Instagram page, which you can also take a look at. Absolutely, because Instagram is all about who has the best pictures right there for you. So absolutely. <laughs> uh, go ahead and please support all the great things yep. that Hamanish does. And if you want to send me all that information, I'll be sure to put it in the description for today's podcast and today's show. That's for all you guys out there. So if you can go ahead and DM me that, I would be honored to go ahead and spread that information to our followers. Sean Garmer, the man behind the W2M Network. I saw a lot of what you did on YouTube. Is that the place to go for everything W2M? Yeah, I mean, we have a website, w2mnet.com. I write game reviews there, and we also do all of our podcasts and everything there. W2 Network is where you can find us on all the podcast places. 
I'm the video games guy. Video games to the max is my show. There's another video game show, which is kind of like a storybook for video games. They do like one game a week or so uh, called Chapter Select. And then there's entertainment stuff galore, a football show, all that. So there's plenty of stuff for everybody on there. You should uh, go check it out. And yeah, I mean, uh, I'm WTM Sean on, on Twitter. If you just want to follow me, I'm mostly talking about video game stuff, but yeah. There you go. And always within the world of video games, there's always something to talk about. And Shamrock, you said it right. EA Play will be coming out July 22nd. And it would have been so nice that they would have been part of E3. Then again, 2K. would have been, I wish they would have had a larger presence as well. Could have seen maybe in GTA 6, but obviously they're holding on to that. And uh, all the other 2K games that they could have shown there and Sony and would have been nice. But then again, we'll see what happens at E3 2022. But Chase... I know you've been doing some great work as well on Pons Press. Is that correct? Yes. Uh, but before I even, uh, there's two things I do want to address real of quick. Of course. I've seen this trend a lot with uh, GTA 6. Is GTA 6 happening? Is GTA 6 happening? And, you know, addressing the Switch Pro. Is the Switch Pro happening? Now, both of that could be correct. But if I remember, just a couple months ago, uh, there was an executive from... Nintendo saying that we do not have plans to release a new Switch console anytime soon, or at least don't expect it this year or next year. So that's why I'm probably not having my hopes up for like a Nintendo Switch Pro as much as there's rumors out there. And same with GTA. GTA 5 is making 2K billions of dollars. So they don't online. Yeah, they don't really have like a reason uh, to make a new GTA game financially. Yeah, they could happen, but I just want to like temper expectations regarding that. Uh, I'm assuming it's in development, but you probably won't hear about it for years. And as far as the Switch Pro, as we stated earlier, the semiconductor problems could be an issue as well. Where you know we're like everybody's talking about that there could be those those shortages for the xbox and playstation could also be the reason why we may not see a switch pro for like you said for years on end yeah as uh, far as where to find me pons is everywhere facebook uh, instagram and i'm at twitter too sponsored for of course the pons west podcast which we have all right we have a gaming show that we like to record on, on wednesdays too talking about e3 with my two lovely co-hosts uh, rian and craig and I also often interview diverse creatives, uh, men and women of color who do great things, and even have a movie show where this week we'll be talking about Luca and uh, the iCarly reboot. So I'm so excited for that. But, you know, a lot, a lot of silly fun things. If you just type Pond's Quest anywhere on any podcast, think platform, social media, I'm on there. I am not going to say anything about an iCarly movie that's detrimental because, you know what? iCarly could have that audience that really goes ahead and comes back to it and warms up to it. I thought that the In the Heights movie was going to do well, and it tanked at the box office, unfortunately. So, again, who can predict exactly what people like or don't like or don't go to see? So, you know, again, check out all the great stuff you're doing at Pons Press. Just type in Pons Press, and it comes right up, correct? I saw a lot of great stuff on your profile. So, yeah, absolutely. Noah, you are obviously got Hunnigween. And you know I plug Honey Queen almost every week. 
Yes. And, uh, yes, yes. So go ahead and tell us what's coming up for that Ultimate Warrior thing, or are we going to go ahead and do something else? No, this is Ultimate Warrior Month, and that's because Vice and Biography had those Ultimate Warrior documentaries. Yes. So while it was still fresh in my mind, I am going to be reviewing those documentaries as well as the self-destruction of the Ultimate Warrior DVD and talk a little bit about what I felt was his best and worst matches because I did go to live shows and there's a lot of stuff that was not on that collection that he claims was good. But I also came across this 1975 movie called The Ultimate Warrior with Max von Sydow and Yul Brenner. It has something to do with professional wrestling, but it does deal with a shirtless Yul Brenner that can just beat the crap out of anybody, and it's kind of interesting. It, and then it, he would chain smoke right after. Right not after in cut. this one. Not in this okay. one, surprisingly. Yeah, this okay. is the only one he has Ultimately, it ended his life, though. That was yeah, yeah, well, that was stronger you know. than him, unfortunately. But yeah, I get it. Just go ahead and check yeah. out Hot Queen on Podbean. We were here to talk about the Ultimate Warrior. We'd be here all day on the good and bad on that. So we won't go there. We already yeah. did already for 15 minutes a couple weeks back yeah. on the show. So too short. Sam, yes, yes. Shamrock, I know you've got some great stuff going on. I do appreciate yeah. everyone being part of the show. Shamrock, you've been a great contributor as well on this program. <laughs> what you got cooking for everyone out there? Well, of course, you can follow me on all my socials. Most of on social, I'm on Twitter and Instagram is Sean Shamrock. I live stream on Twitch under TG Lord Shamrock, which, you know, I try to get there as often as I can when work allows me to. But my uh, upcoming project I'm working on now is we're launching the Shamrock Social Podcast. Going to kind of be very open discussion, much like this one here, where we're doing some hot topics and current events and fun life stories like for me, we're talking about uh, how like uh, our high school prank got caught by the Google satellites and we ended up on uh, Google satellite images for almost four years. And it was the most epic prank in almost history. It's ridiculous. I'll have to tell you guys about that. But uh, that's what we're going to be doing, talking about life and uh, fun, current hot topics. And we're looking forward to it. So that's where you can find me. Well, I'll tell you what, Thank you, you. got to go ahead and check that out. Please go ahead and check that out. Support Every one of the individuals on today's show, guys, you've been tremendous. Each and every one of you, the red carpet is also open for you for any time you guys want to talk about anything pop culture. You can DM me, I can DM you. I just love to go ahead and chat with you guys, be part of our programs, be part of our radio shows each and every week. But thank you so much, guys, for talking E3. I'm hoping E3 2022 will be even more tremendous and hopefully be more supported by the entire video community. Hint, hint, Sony. But again, I do appreciate everyone being part of today's program. If you want to go ahead and give us a shout out on that, please let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com or you know where to find us. PopCultureCosmos, wherever you get your social media. But guys, you've been tremendous on day four. E3 is in the books for this year. Thank you so much, guys, for being a part of today's panel, and I look forward to E3 of next year right here at The Pop.